Welcome, everyone. We are here with Sarah Breskman Cosme. We are so excited to have her on the show today. Sarah, as you know, is a master hypnotist and is very studied and experienced in the QHHT practice where she has uncovered a lot of significant information about our ancient history. And we're so excited to talk with her about all of that and what she's learned and um, what has been surprising about her journey in hypnotism. But we'd love to maybe just start with how you got into this. Like, how did you go from, you know, your, your background, you know, getting a degree in psychology to now doing what you're doing with this really cutting edge work? I'm dying to know this as well. <laughs> so funny because if you had guessed, nobody could, could have guessed that I would be into this stuff or doing this right now because I had such a different background. I mean, I was very scientifically minded. I wanted to become a psychologist. I was not spiritual in any way. I didn't believe in aliens or I don't even, I don't think I believed in past lives either. I just believed in what you could see, basically. And I wanted to help people. I knew that. So I wanted to become a psychologist because I used to have so many problems and I went to traditional therapy. And so I thought, well, this is all I know. This is the only way to help people. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and before I went to graduate school, I had an internship where my job was to basically medicate people and counsel them. So I had learned all these different techniques. I knew everything about the medications. Um, that's what I had, that was my background. And I had to do this internship before going on. And it took me probably less than a week when I started working at this internship to feel as if every single thing I had learned was a complete lie. Was I mean, I was a counselor at a halfway house. So my job was to, I was actually the one that gave them the medication and I would actually counsel different people. And so if I started my shift at say seven in the morning, within 45 minutes, they'd be drooling on the couch after giving them all these medications. And there wasn't much as far as, um, you know, telling them about these medications, the possible side effects. But we, as the counselors working there, we knew which medications caused certain side effects. And it seemed as if people would come in and they would be on one medication. And then after a while, they'd be on like 20 by the end of the year. And it, it just seemed so ridiculous. And I thought, this is what I went to school for. And this is the cutting edge this is how we help people. It just seemed to me like a, a, like a lie. I mean, no one ever got better. There were no success stories. No one ever came in and left better. Heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. It was. And these were people that were talking to aliens, angels, some of them, some of them definitely had um, major issues other than that, but there were people there and they're only issue was that they couldn't stop talking to aliens. I've so always they were... wondered about that, about, you know, now knowing about our multidimensional reality, are some people who are talking to voices actually just having a multidimensional experience and they, we just haven't learned how to help them understand and, and, and integrate that properly. 
That's exactly true. And that was exactly what was happening to some of these people. And they didn't know how to process it. And so they believed what the doctor said, which was just take this medication and you'll feel better. But it didn't go away. In fact, it just subdued them and they would be drooling and not really experiencing a life, but they thought there was something wrong with them um, because they had this ability to connect with other dimensions and other beings. So I thought this is just wrong. There must be something better because I've always wanted to do something that actually helped people. And as I got into the system, I realized this isn't really to benefit the people. It's the pharmaceutical companies were testing the medications on these residents. So some of them would wear these wristbands because they were part of a study. And if they were to die, then we would call the number and tell them, I'm sorry, this, you know, person, part of your study um, passed away during your study. And they would have weekly tests because some of these medications were very dangerous. So I quit. I didn't become a psychologist. Instead, I got into hypnosis. And when I got into hypnosis, I realized right away that there was something about doing a past life regression that really helped people. People could actually come in for just one session and literally heal themselves after one session. And since I've always wanted to do something that worked, I wanted to study more about this because something about this past life regression thing worked. So I studied with Dr. Brian Weiss and I did his method for many years. And then I felt like something was missing. There was just something missing. And I thought, I got, I have to find out what it is. So I contacted a psychic and her name is Emma McIntosh. She's amazing. (laughs) She said, this is the easiest reading I've ever done. Your future potentials are so easy for me to see. Most people have many different future potentials, but you're going to be doing QHHT. And I had never heard of that because just doing the past life regression was the first time I had really gotten into something spiritual. So I had never heard of Dolores Cannon or anything like that. I was just starting. I was just barely scratching the surface with this stuff. And so she said, yes, you're going to do it and you're going to get really good at it. And oh my gosh, look at this future. You're going to be writing (laughs) books and you're going to be speaking about your books all over the world. And I, I said, I thought to myself, she must have me confused with the person like before me or after, but I'll just go along with it. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's great. And I thought, oh my gosh, well, I'm never contacting her again. <laughs> Later, I told her, you are really incredible because guess what happened? So I found Dolores Cannon. It took me a while. I didn't, after that reading, I didn't go and look her up. I just It took me a while, but I finally found her. But once I did and I saw what she taught, it was like the goosebumps, you know, where it was, I could, I connected it with it so deeply and I knew, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I worked my way up from a level one to a level three, which is the highest level. And then before the quarantine, I was traveling around the world with her daughter, Julia Cannon, and we were teaching all over the world. And so that's kind of how I got into this stuff. But I got into the major information completely by accident, just like I got into everything else by accident. Wow. <laughs> so, but so not really by accident. 
I'm <laughs> Did it take you a little while to believe in the concept of past lives or were you sold like the minute you saw? No, it took me a little while. I, to be totally honest with you, was very, very skeptical. I thought that they were just maybe seeing a story and because it resonated with them that they were able to heal themselves, but, but they were able to heal themselves so easily. And normally when you do any kind of regression work and they actually remember an event and they get to the root cause, that's what causes the healing. So I thought I, maybe there really is something to these past lives because these people are literally healing themselves. It wow. took me a while because I had never had any exposure to anything spiritual whatsoever. That's <laughs> so, to my next question. I've got to ask you something before you go further, because earlier you were talking about being in psychology and working at this uh, halfway house and, you know, what you were witnessing there. That is really tragic. Like, I, I, that moved me. To tragic. Hear it's tragic. It's abusive. It's an abuse of power. But anyway, that's another topic. So you're working there. You're working towards psychology. You you would describe yourself a few minutes ago as being a very left brain, logical, practical kind of person. And then you said ca casually, and then I got into hypnosis. And then so but there's a bit of a gap there. Right. Well, so how did you even find out about hypnosis? I'm really curious about that turning point, because being somebody who's skeptical and practical and grounded left brain. What was it that you think made you even interested and able to follow that path? Well, first of all, to give you the background, I was very left brain. I mean, I was very gung-ho about getting my degree. I got the highest grade in my psychopharmacology class, just to give you like the, <laughs> the idea of what I was like. That's my okay. past. <laughs> but I got into hypnosis because my I was married and my sister-in-law at the time had this issue that I knew could be helped with regression therapy. I knew if she could go back to the you know root cause that maybe she could heal herself. Because while I was in school, we learned about regression therapy once. Uh, okay. And I remember thinking, there's that's pretty interesting that you could take a person back, just regress them a little bit to the same lifetime and find out what's causing this issue. So I decided because I was a perfectionist that I had to be good before I approached my sister-in-law. So I became a master hypnotist first before I approached her. <laughs> so you went through multiple levels. <laughs> right. So right. five years later. <laughs> five years later. It took me about two years to okay, become wow. a master hypnotist because I did it very fast, very quickly. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so you are a big achiever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I relate to that. You know, my background was highly analytical, logical, corporate America, you know, leadership. And, and this has, you know, shifted me in a huge way, right, to recognize right. that, oh, no, there actually is a lot more there. Right. Yeah, right, right. I know. Oh, my gosh, it's so mind blowing. And yeah. once you start on that path, it's just so exciting, because there's so much. Yeah. That you can find out about everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that, you know, is, a, I think a great point about how you literally can find out about everything, right? Like we have access okay. to this like universal information field, right? Where we can access this higher intelligence. And I'm curious what the, your first like experience was with that in the regression 
work, you know, when you first had kind of that big aha moment of, oh, there's something different happening here in this regression. Oh my gosh. Well, my first regression that I did on someone where they went to the past life was really mind blowing because like I said, a part of me didn't really know if I believed it, but she gave so many details and she almost like became the character. And I found myself just sitting, you know, on the edge of my seat, just like, wow, this is so exciting. You know, tell me more. It's really interesting. But as far as these days, finding out information, we're in this time where the information is everywhere. All you have to do is quiet your mind a little bit and the information is everywhere. When I first started doing this, actually, in 2009, people would often be more unconscious, believe it or not, Mm. because the information was not as um, available and it wasn't as acceptable. So people stored it a lot lower. Now it's risen and you can find out anything. It's right there. You can go further into this information right now, especially. So it's really exciting. Very cool. Yeah, it's a really exciting time to be alive right now. It's true. There's such dynamism. If you're if you're somebody who is, I think, even remotely on the path of being sensitive, intuitive, empathic, spiritual, whatever, you can't help but feel it. I mean, that that conversation is coming up repeatedly. So when you just going back to your roots of hypnosis, did you were you able to help your sister-in-law? And did that encourage you to go further? No, actually, I wasn't allowed to help her because I didn't realize at the time that it was against her religion. because I didn't grow up with religion. So she was not allowed to work with me. But because of that, I'd already had the background and already had the training. So I just started my own little business where I did lose weight, quit smoking and past life regression. (laughs) And then how did, yeah, going back to Jenna's question, what was your first experience like with a client that you were regressing? It was incredible. I mean, she healed herself. So maybe that's another reason why I really wanted to look further into this. Um, Can't remember all her symptoms right now, but I think she had some issue with her lungs, some issue walking, something like that. But she was able to heal it very quickly right after the session. And it was mind blowing. I still had my doubts, but I saw the results. And that was amazing because I didn't quite have those results with the lose weight and quit smoking. It felt like you could keep doing those and it would work for a little while, but if you didn't get to the root cause, it just seemed like putting a Band-Aid on cancer or something right. like that. Oh, yes. so, it seems like, so it seems like most of the time there is a root cause somewhere in a past life that's carrying over and affecting someone in this life. Has that been kind of what you sometimes it's from a past life, but sometimes it's just from this life. But once you find out the root cause or the message, because the body's just a messenger. So illnesses are just messages. And we're really supposed to learn how to listen to our bodies, get the message, and then we heal from it. That's, that's all our body's doing by sending us an illness or, you know, pain is to get our attention, to look into it. And the body is so literal. Like usually the right side is something going on literally right now. People have hand issues if they're holding on too tightly to things. I mean, the left side is usually the past or past life. And then the body is so literal, like your feet, stability, or moving in the wrong direction, even that once you get this message, 
and you find out the root cause. Why did you get this, you know, issue? And once you understand everything that it is that your body wants to tell you or your higher mind, whatever you want to call it, then it can easily be released and healed. And that's another reason why meditation is so important or doing something like QHHT. It's so helpful because all these answers are just literally right below the surface, you know, yeah, and you just, can really help yourself in so many ways. And you don't have to meditate where you're just quiet and trying to listen to thoughts. You can meditate by bike riding or walking or anything like that, swimming, anything. Yeah. Just when you're quiet in your mind. Yeah. yeah we just have to meditation. get. Sorry, Jenna. Yeah. We just have to get to that state where we can access the subconscious, right? Where we can just get below right. the surface and yeah, get the brain hemispheres to, to sync up a bit more too. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it can be very easy. It doesn't, it doesn't really take much. Some people can do it really well when they're driving. For some reason, that's like a really easy way to connect with yourself because you're occupied. Part of your mind is already occupied. And then you can use the other part for, for getting these messages. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. It's also what's striking me right now, but what you're talking about is, um, you know, again and again, we have had guests on who have emphasized, like yourself, the great importance of being connected to the body and truly living in the body and listening to it. And something that I remember understanding, I think it even might've been a download. I've had some that I remember distinctly that were really strong and then some that were more mild, but it was about how the body never, ever lies to you. You know, like your ego, right. will, your ego will tell you whatever you want to hear, right? But your <laughs> body will never, ever lie to you. And I find it so fascinating that the body, which we see as a physical kind of object, is so much a part of our consciousness development because in the field of consciousness, the general understanding is it's all about the mind, right? It's all about what you're doing with your so-called mind, not your brain, but your mind, your, your beingness, your individuality. But then now it seems to be like consciousness, the school of, of thought and consciousness, and I'd like your take on this, is moving more towards heart consciousness, right? Yes. Which I personally believe is where it's at. And that is mm -hmm metaphorically or figuratively or whatever in the body in the, in the ethereal body in the in the energetic body in the physical body right so it's just really interesting how these things like more and more and more these days that we used to think we're so totally separate are now right. overlapping and intersecting in ways that are validating um you know this kind of communal knowledge that we're starting to finally tap into and i find that so incredibly fascinating so are you finding in your work and in your messages that that is the case or Definitely. We've, I feel like as collectively, we've just been in the dark for so long. And now we're starting to learn these things with the help of things like the internet and, and communicating with all these people that are getting these messages from themselves. And it's all about the integration and rejoining with our body and rejoining with our, our heart. And the spiritual heart has its own consciousness. Yes. I mean, there, even when I was putting together um, a hypnotist journey to the secrets of the Sphinx. There was this being that kept coming through multiple um, clients that would go by the name of three or Thoth or Thoth, whatever. I can't pronounce it very well, but he kept teaching the community to um, keep, you know, to understand the spiritual frequency of their heart because it had its own consciousness. 
and to use that to better one another and yourself. But that's such a powerful tool that everybody can use. And it was, it, that is so important really to understand your heart and that it does have its own consciousness. And we are all connected with our body, with everybody, actually. I mean, we are all one, you know, when you zoom out and you look at everything from above. I love, I love bringing it back to that too, that idea of just everything being interconnected and, and it's so incredible that we're living in this time where we have this new understanding of the holistic mind, body, spirit system, and how to work with that differently. And I, I, think, I think this can be just so helpful for so many people who are facing, you know, physical issues and to know that there are ways to explore shifting that, that are, you know, outside of what we've been taught, you know, about Western medical, you know, yeah, right. It's amazing to me. I, it never gets old when someone will come in and somebody who's had like an illness or an issue for years and years, and all they did was tap into themselves and they healed it. That's it. It, it actually doesn't take much. You don't need hypnosis or deep meditation even. Yeah. You can just tune into your body and try to listen to yourself Absolutely. and get the message. Yeah. That happened to me recently. I had an emotional really? issue. Yeah. I, well, I had a, a left hip issue for a couple of months that was very much tied to an emotional past issue that was coming up for healing. And, and as that work has been happening, the physical issue has been fading. So that was a prime That's example. <laughs> I think it's getting easier and easier for people to heal. I do. I see it all the time. And I, I mean, one little thing somebody can do is just when they wake up in the morning is ask the question, you know, when you still have access to your dream in that state, you're in the theta state. So you, you are in deep hypnosis, deep meditation during those times. You're, you can really tune into yourself without having to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. I'm, I'm also very curious about your own experiences, if you're able to talk about this with, sure. um, with extraterrestrials, I, if that's what you call them, maybe you don't call them that, um, you know, Jen and I really do believe that the labels for things are less important than the meaning and value of them. So, um, you know, the words are important. We are still developing something of a spiritual vernacular and vocabulary in this community, right? Like we really still need to work right. on that. But at the same time, we have these labels that we sometimes automatically apply that don't fit. So please, I'm interested, first of all, how you refer to them. What do they like to be called or how do they like to be referred to? And then what kind of information are you getting from them that you feel um, the audience needs to hear? Oh, my gosh, so much. When, um, when I guess you could call them extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them. I mean, they, they generally don't have a body unless they're on earth and interacting with humans, they're basically light beings. Mm -hmm. And um, gosh, I mean, when they started coming through, that was really mind blowing because I didn't really have a background with extraterrestrials. It started happening to me first with my subject named Jen, who I wrote my first book with because, and Jen did not believe in any of this stuff. She was a teacher at the kids' school. She had no background in extraterrestrials or past life regression whatsoever. But we were working together because I needed her as a subject to take my um, video submission to take this class. And she, she was willing to do it because she had this brain issue, which she healed after her first session. 
which was very amazing. And she went back to her team of specialists at the University of Miami and they couldn't believe it. They said, it's just a medical miracle, but she got the message. And her message was that her and I needed to work together to uncover this information and share it with the world. The world needed it so badly. So some of the information that the extraterrestrials keep bringing to us over and over again, that seems to be very, very important for humanity to understand is who we are and why we're really here. Mm -hmm. And who we are and why we're really here is we're really, all of us, just a group of, an ancient group of beings, all of us, we're an ancient group of beings. And we've all traveled from planet to planet to see what the next and the next will bring so that we can all have these experiences collectively and we can keep growing in our involvement. But that's the secret of the universe, as they have said, is really that this life is just a game. And so we're here for these experiences. When you leave your body and you go back to the in-between, everything is known again. Nothing happens to you. You're fine. You're whole. You're complete. You're like, oh, I'm fine. Nothing really happens to you. Don't really die. But you see everything. You remember everything. So you're here playing a game. That's basically it. You want to have as many experiences as you can. You can't mess it up. There's you no going. You can just keep going forever. <laughs> you, yeah. And you do. And we yeah. have been yeah. for millennia. But but time doesn't work the same way that it does for us. It's like a figure eight. So everything is constantly happening and folding up on top of each other. But really, when you're bombarded with all these fear this, fear that message, it's not really true because all my clients that go through this past life regression and they leave their body, all of a sudden, everything's known again. And they're like, oh, I'm fine. Nothing really happened to me. I was just experiencing this video game. Yeah, there's definitely suffering when you forget these things. But the extraterrestrials keep, whatever you want to call them, beings, keep coming through because they keep saying they want people to understand who they really are. Because we're all here as a collective to have these experiences, to like help one another grow. And then we leave and we go do something else. And we live out through different planets, life cycles. So we've, we're all part of that group. We've all been on different planets and lived throughout, you know, lived over and over again through different cycles. Then sometimes the planet has to die and then we wait for it to come back to life again, basically. We go seed a different planet, have an experience there, then come back to that planet. And that's who we really are. We're these ancient grouping of beings. You can't kill anybody. <laughs> the, I think that is so incredible to arrive at that understanding, right? That through this work, we can arrive at a knowing that we are eternal beings and that life goes on and that, right. and that we've had all of these experiences that are contributing to who we are now and, and that we can integrate some of those experiences. You know, you mentioned Thoth earlier, Thoth, mm -hmm. um, a being named Thoth who came through during your session with Jen. Is that the only being who has named him, herselves, no. who else have you communicated with? Who else has come through? You know, it's interesting because when th these beings, I don't know how many of them, when they come through, they often have a name. Maybe it's just because it's easier for us because I get the sense that they don't care about any of that stuff. They don't care about 
you know, appearances because they don't really have a full physical body. It depends on what dimension or planet or wherever they are from or here, even some of them are quasi physical, but they often talk about themselves with a name. These extraterrestrial races or beings, whatever you want to call them, which is really interesting, but so many different ones, but they're all part of like, not all of them. It depends. They, some of them are part of this collective and sometimes they just uh, talk as a we even mm. from different planets or places or dimensions or worlds or whatever, wherever. <laughs> That's what happened to me in my regression. A, a we oh, came through. Yeah. Well, when you are enlightened or when you get to that part, you do become a we. A we. I mean, I always ask like the extraterrestrials, how did, for some of them, how did you guys get so enlightened? And they say, oh, it's so easy. You just have to understand yourself as God. It's as simple as that. <laughs> I'm like, well, how do you do that? <laughs> like, you know, right, yeah. It's just so easy. <laughs> but they said, you know, collectively, that's what they came to understand. They could recognize themselves as God. And as they did that, or source, whatever you want to call that all-knowing part. But when you start to recognize yourself as divine, then you can kind of get a different sense of the universe at large because you're everything you're you're light you're dark you're good and bad <laughs> everything that, that leads me to a question I'm, I'm really really burning to ask you if that's okay um that's this is seriously one I've been wanting to ask what so you were talking about how the beings have said that life is a game this is something we've also mm -hmm. heard other people who who are you know big time I, what I mean by big time experiencers that they've got like really intense contact and it's ongoing and you know it's it's very a big forceful part of their lives like it is I imagine for you um they say that this is all a game so I've heard that before Jen has heard that before we're able I think we are at a point where we're able to pretty much understand what that means but for people right. who are listening who don't understand what you mean by that like it's a game it's a video game Right. First of all, how can you, uh, this is a two-part question, how can you articulate that a little bit more for the layperson, for the okay. beginner who's maybe hearing this for the first time? And then also, how would you respond to people who are really, really, really suffering, like people who have a really hard time in life? That's a big, that's a big one, right? Like, right. it's difficult for them to maybe understand that there's a purpose for me going through all of this horrible stuff. How do you, how do you it's respond? It's so that? difficult. Well, first of all, how it's a game is if you talk to, like, say an extraterrestrial or a Pleiadian or something, whatever they want to call themselves from certain places that are, that isn't earth. Um, some of them will say where they live or where they reside right now, it's blissful always. And there isn't any um, polarity. So even though it's blissful, it can get boring. And they oftentimes like to come into a human body to experience what it's like to have the ups and downs because sometimes the downs or the, the chaos gives rise to so much, so many beautiful things. And they mm. love that. It's like a beautiful dance for them because when you have a place that's blissful, always it can get so boring. Mm. And so earth is, is considered like a playground because you can do so many things. And it doesn't feel this way to the human, but when you leave your body, all the, not suffering, but all the difficulties that you went through can feel so beautiful and you appreciate them so much because it helped your soul grow. 
And sometimes people come into life with different challenges because they choose it in order to have those experiences because it's kind of, it gets, goes back to the game. We're here to have all these different experiences. You know, souls come in because they want a variety. They want to experience everything. It doesn't make sense to the human, but when you leave your body, it makes sense. It doesn't make sense when you just don't remember this or why you would ever want that experience. It can be so hard for people. It's hard. This 3D reality is so dense. It's hard to move around. And then there's also a huge collective that's not even from this earth. This is one of their first incarnations on earth. And they're just here to raise the vibration and volunteer just by being here. And for a lot of those people, it's so difficult to even maneuver earth because they've never really had a full physical experience before. So oftentimes they'll have an imprint, which is like um, a memory that's not even really theirs. They just chose it to help them on earth for this incarnation, but they've never actually been here before. And it's very challenging. They don't understand violence. They can't understand why anybody would hurt one another. They're just extremely sensitive. They can't watch certain things on TV. They can't be around anybody that's really difficult. They can't you know, have that in their life at all because it affects them differently than regular people. And for those people, a lot of them, they're just here to volunteer. And the ETs are always saying they just need to find, you know, their community because they thrive when they're with their community and they can be around other people that are also nice and just like them and they can keep raising the vibration. But their job here is basically that is to just, even if they open their mouth and talk to somebody, that person is affected by them because they're not um, they're so high vibe kind of thing that it doesn't take much for them to help somebody just by being around those people. It's amazing. I'd love so for you to explain that a little more, the raising your vibe and also, you know, why that's important right now on earth and kind of what we're going through as a civilization and, and why, why there are even a lot of souls apparently volunteering, you know, coming to earth right now. What's that about? So it's, it's not that it's important because everybody has their own, um, uh, plan. Some people have planned to be one of those polarizing people. Some people have planned to be, uh, what you would consider a negative person just to help other people learn to raise their vibration. It's so interesting to me because Sometimes clients will come in and they'll ask about, say, their father. Why was my father so mean to me? And they'll go to the um, in between their life and they'll find out, oh, their father volunteered. He would never um, want to do this, but he volunteered to teach you these things. And so he's playing this bad role this time. Yeah. And it's really interesting because we're all playing different roles. But anyway... Um, what it, how it's been described to me is we each have this bubble of reality. So we each are the creators of our rea own reality. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds so weird, but we really literally are. So there's many different versions of earth. There's many different versions of what your experience might be. So you basically choose what version you want and it doesn't have to be positive. It can be negative. There's, you can't do it wrong and you have infinite time. You don't have to worry about getting it all right this time around. You can come back as many times and time isn't real anyway. So you have a limitless amount of time. But right now, this right now, 
Earth is, ex is experiencing what people call the ascension because Earth is moving um, from where it is now up in its vibration itself. So anybody that would like to stay with this Earth, the one that, um, that we're currently on that's moving, has to become the same vibration as the Earth. But it's not hard. There's so much light hitting the planet that it doesn't take much to just attune with this light. And that can be difficult too. People are having all kinds of issues with ascension symptoms and, yeah. but it doesn't take much. All you have to do is accept it. All, all you really have to do is just go along for the ride and work on yourself. And it's, it's not something that is impossible to do whatsoever, That's if that makes sense. Message. But how it's been described to me is that there are so many different earth planets. This is not the only earth planet. There's so many different planets that um, are seated. And, and what happens is there's like a trajectory of planets. So it goes up the, like the, a rung in a ladder. And, and our earth right now is going up this ladder. Once it hits a certain vibration, it will go up, it will make a jump. It'll go up even higher. And then anything that's considered negative on this planet will fall away because it can't sustain itself in this higher vibration. So this negative polarity doesn't have very long to stay on the earth that's ascending. Of course, if you want polarity, you can always choose a different earth and continue experiencing that. There's no wrong choice. Right. So, so I just want to reflect back for a moment to make sure I'm getting it. It's sounding like, you know, our earth as a being is mm -hmm. going through her evolutionary process and, right. and that kind of the nature of evolution in the universe is that, you know, any being planet or, you know, like us in a lower dimension is naturally going to just continue evolving, right? There's this like evolutionary right. frequency raising that always happens in the universe. And right. that's kind of what we're all experiencing right now on earth. That's what we're experiencing on earth. And this is just a natural progression. We've done this so many times before. And, and that's what happens. We raise our vibration. We go, we ascend a little bit. We ascend again. We ascend again. We, okay. we keep, we keep going. We keep moving forward. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the times we've done it before, because I know, you know, in some, <laughs> <Okay>. of, the, <laughs> in some of the sessions you've done and the information that's come through, you know, these beings that have spoken through your clients, you've, you've learned a lot about our ancient history and a different version of our ancient history than we, we were taught in school. And I think that is just so fascinating. I'm a huge geek about our, our, our correct version of ancient history. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit about that and what you learned about some of those ancient times, like in Atlantis, maybe we can start there. And, sure. Yeah, okay. what that civilization was going through. Oh my gosh, that's so fascinating. But as far as other planets experiencing ascension, sometimes they've done it where it was very fast, where a person, where the um, general population woke up, so to speak, so quickly. And it was said that they didn't want to do it like that with this earth. They wanted to take it slow, do it gradually, because what happened on, um, many people remember the solar flash from a different planet that kind of shed this light everywhere and everyone was instantly enlightened. Mm. And it actually wasn't very beneficial. It was too quick for everybody. They just changed every single thing and they stopped needing to eat, stopped needing to reproduce. Oh, wow. And it just completely shifted their 
you know, their way of life. So it was said that they wanted to take it slow this time around. But anyway, as far as Atlantis, that was really fascinating because I didn't know anything about Atlantis, just a little bit. I've heard of Edgar Casey. I never read any of his books or um, really looked into it through anybody else's uh, work at all. And like I said earlier, I was working with my subject, Jen, because I needed somebody to regress to take to this class. And she was my willing participant. And our first session was just so mind blowing. She went back to this past life where she lived in this place, Lemuria. Now she had never heard of these places. Okay. Well, she didn't call it Lemuria. It was called Amon, but she came to understand it as Lemuria. And she was a princess in this place. And granted, I've heard so many different stories. I really didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh, this is a great story. But she started, started uncovering all this information about her lifetime there, about this beautiful culture. All these people were full of compassion. They ate this plant-based diet. They were so connected to nature. They had all these different things that they would do. It was just amazing to, to listen to the, the story. And then, um, I'll get into it, but something happened and she was taken as a prisoner by these other people who were very advanced. And they took her as a prisoner and destroyed her whole homeland. There was a huge, massive um, tidal wave. And it was, they used these like atomic-like devices set in rifts that created these huge tidal waves that just sunk the entire continent of Lemuria. And I can't tell you how many clients I have that remember this. And as I was pulling this information from Jen, and then we decided to work together again because her higher self, the higher consciousness said, this, this information is so important to share with people and you need to uncover it from the beginning. As I was working with her to uncover all this information, this weird phenomenon started happening that I thought was a coincidence. I started getting so many clients also talking about the same time periods in Lemuria and Atlantis. And I thought, this is such a weird coincidence. I would ask my <laughs> other friends that were doing this, do you guys get people that, you know, regress the same time period in Atlantis when it was destroyed or Lemuria? And they all said no. And I thought, this is so strange. And then I started to realize, oh my gosh, this isn't a coincidence. I really am. See, I told you I'm skeptic. I really am supposed to do this. I'm really supposed to uncover this information. It was being guided. Yeah, it was. It was wild because people <laughs> would go to the same places and I would know right away. They was, oh yeah, the smooth pebbles. It's such a compassionate place. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, I know, you know, <laughs> thinking I wouldn't say anything but I know where you are right now or they'd be in Atlantis. Oh, this, you know, these um, these things are hovering, or they're using using this um, propulsion mechanism, you know, or you know, just all these different things that I knew about, and so it was it was amazing. So I uncovered all that information, and then you know, we both wrote our books and started sharing it. But it, it's just unbelievable. I think that um, really what the message of Atlantis was was 
that we were really imbalanced. We were not balanced during that time. There was too much of a divide with the masculine and feminine energy. And now on our planet, there's this huge presence. The, you know, the divine feminine is making its way back to its rightful place because the divine feminine has been squashed, like just, just crushed under thousands and thousands of years of deceit, you know, basically. And now it's starting to resurface again. But what's so beautiful about that is as the divine feminine resurfaces, so does the divine masculine. And we start to rebalance with all this light hitting the planet and this understanding that's coming to our awarenesses. It's a beautiful, positive kind of a portrait for people to take with them from this conversation because we're living in such a time where, you know, our, our, the way that we are stimulated by information is so fraught with problems. Right. And, you know, the information that's coming at us, is it even really information? I mean, it's really so muddy these days that I feel like it's interesting how we had a conversation earlier with a, a wonderful person named Tara McCallum, who's an intuitive body healer and other things. She's going to be at the Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe oh, nice. with you this summer, where you were the keynote speaker. I just want to mention that for our audience in <laughs> person in Illinois. But um, she was talking about how uh, it's really important to recognize, as Jenna and I talk about a great deal, that we are living in a, in a space of duality, and duality in this dimension is the natural balance of this dimension. The, both the so-called good and so-called bad have to exist side by side with each other for the greater purpose, right? So what we're getting of is so much of the so-called bad. We just really are being fed so heavily with that in such a variety of different ways. And, you know, it's too ultimately manipulative to manipulate us. That's what it seems like to yes. be, to be consumers, right? To buy more, to take more pills, to drink more, to do whatever. And it's, it's really tragic. It's really misleading. And it's very interesting how, when you start recognizing that and you start being able to step back from it and also not painting the entire thing with one brush because everything is shades of gray and there is actual information out there sometimes and there are actual people who are doing good, but it still is that mainstream, you know, projection that's coming at us that's pretty heavy, fear-based, you know, aggression-based, that kind of stuff. But we're living in a time at the same time, and I just love this so much. We're living in a time at the same time with all this light coming through, all this, you know, positive stuff to look forward to, all this potential, all this power, you know, that's coming through for us to, to, to make use of. It really is right there. I really felt that when you were saying that all the information is right there. I'm really feeling that too. I feel like many people in our community are. And, you know, it's so exciting to be alive right now in this body at this time on this planet and be able to witness this occurring and also to get to be, you know, fundamentally a part of it. And so you are right in the middle of all of this. And I really want to ask you the question of, on a personal level for you, what is that like what is it like to be somebody who is you know a so-called rising star who has the message that you have which is not the traditional message in ufology necessarily or in our spiritual community right but it's one that's so needed it's right in line with jenna and i what we believe what star family wisdom is all about so we fully fully support your message and i would love for you to talk about um you know what you feel from a personal level is allowing you to be in this place. I mean, obviously you've been guided here, right? But in terms of other lifetimes and your path of your own consciousness, what has allowed you to be here now doing this work at this time? Well, 
I did have a regression where I went back to Atlantis, funny enough, because I never really thought maybe I played a part in Atlantis until someone did a regression on me. And I went back to um, my lifetime where I was a judge in Atlantis. And my job was basically to decide who would stay and who would go. During that time, there was a deadly virus and they were killing a lot of people that were mutated from the vaccine during that time. And my job was to decide who would stay and who would go, ultimately not knowingly killing thousands and thousands of people. So I feel as if there is definitely a reason why I live in the Florida Keys, never thought anything of that, why I live so close to where I lived before, close to that island where I sent so many people, why I have this mission to help as many people as I can. And ultimately it is really, I, I believe, to help these people now that I understand this message so that they can understand really what happened to them and that we can choose to do things better. Mm -hmm. um, but I forget your earlier question. Oh, oh yeah. personally, okay. personally. What's it like uh, for you to be in the heart of all this as like a rising star, you know, who didn't expect this to happen at all, who was so left brain, you know, this is quite a different life for you compared to the life you were living maybe 10, 15 years ago. So what is that personal experience like for you? Well, you know, it's really interesting because I'm literally just, you probably can tell a regular person. I'm just, <laughs> I don't even feel like I write these books. I don't, physically write them. I get all the information from the higher consciousness who has an agenda. This is what, literally what they want to put out to the world. Mm -hmm. And they said through my subjects, multiple ones, that if I collect this, they will use me to share it with the world. And my information just somehow finds its way to places. And I didn't do anything. For instance, I was on um, last year, my first time being on Gaia TV, I literally had just listened to what these higher consciousness said, published the book myself on Amazon. I just collected all that inf important information. They said they wanted me to share with the world. And then Regina Meredith found my book and she didn't know how. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that story. <laughs> she doesn't know how it came across her desk. So it's like, they're putting this information there. I'm just the humble messenger. Right. I'm just, but this is what I do almost every day is I'm a QHHT practitioner. So I have access to this information. And personally, it's very interesting. I think if you did this kind of job, you would have a much different perspective. And that's why I feel like it's important for me to share what's coming through because I am not somebody that read everybody else's book. In fact, I don't know who anybody is. A lot of times I'm at these conferences, I've never heard of anybody because I've never been into this stuff. So for me, it's all new, but all this information is the only thing I go by. So I'm not researching or looking on YouTube. I'm just collecting the information I get through the higher consciousness or for, through my clients. And many of them, I've never heard about this stuff. I that that would help a lot of audience members who might be a little skeptical to know that you haven't studied this sort of information. You're not no. out there researching and trying to find this information. It's just come to you and you're it just, comes, yeah, it comes through the higher self that comes through my clients when they're deep under hypnosis, because this is the 
the information that these higher consciousness want to get out. But as far as what's going on right now, polarity is needed. I mean, if you even look at what has been happening, the amount of people, like you said, it's so interesting. You'll see one story, but when you look over to the right, the amount of people starting to question things, <clears throat> starting to look into themselves is amazing. Yeah. And then communicating with one another, sharing these ideas, understanding that maybe there are things that they weren't told throughout their whole lifetime. Because for me, that's been really huge. I mean, I didn't me grow up learning all these things, but I'm relearning like how to be a human, you know, how to yeah. tap in and find out what's wrong with my body, how to, how to tap into nature, because even that is like a underutilized tool. And then it's so fascinating. I mean, these things that we were never told, like ancient symbols, the flower of life symbol that I always like to tell people about. I mean, what an amazing tool that's left there for us. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a key. It's, it's not just a symbol. We're all no. antennas. So by staring at the flower of life pattern, it works as a key. It unlocks something in your brain, which allows transmission to your home planet. So these are tools that we just have never been told about. There's so many things like that in yes. this universe. At Star Family Wisdom, you can discover the power of sacred geometry with our newest instructor, Nadi Hana. Nadi is an expert in sacred geometry and crop circle technology. Sacred geometry is the study of harmonic patterns that underlie and create the universe around us. Sacred geometry is where physics and metaphysics meet. It is the still point of creation, the zero point of space, the infinite potential of this present moment. And we can see sacred geometry represented throughout nature, the cosmos, and even in our human bodies. It quite literally is the intelligent design of our universe. And by studying it, drawing it, or meditating with it, we can access an expanded state of consciousness and the higher intelligence that is available to us. Try it today with our new Sacred Geometry drawing courses and use the code geometry to get 25% off at checkout. It's yes, we have a wonderful colleague with uh, Nadi Hana who's working with us on Star Family Wisdom, and she is so passionate and knowledgeable about crop circles and sacred geometry. Jenna and I actually, I don't think we have a lot of time to go into this, but Jenna and I had an incredible experience after Nadi did a presentation for us in person. She was just practicing a presentation she was going to deliver at uh, a San Francisco conference a few days later. And we both ended up having an experience just from looking at the images that we did not expect at all. And then yeah. she was teaching us at the same time um, about the activation potential and really going deeply into that. It is remarkable how much is just around us for us to use. And it's like, you know, I've said this to Jenna before, it's like, you know, you're, you're in a room and there are three solid walls, but one isn't a wall, it's a curtain, but you think it's a wall. And then you find out it's actually a curtain and you just have to move it aside. It's just like that. And then suddenly there's this whole other space with all this other stuff to discover in front of you. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Like it had been right in front of me my whole life and that's what had given me this feeling of there's more I know there's something there's something there's something right with this feeling of almost being able to see it but not quite and then dong on the head and I was able to <laughs> curtain out of the way yeah same. so it really is incredible how it changes reality right Jenna you've yeah. had that experience well too. similar similar to you Sarah you know I didn't have a background in spirituality I was not religious growing up I was very much you know just 
mainstream and, and didn't know any of this until I started having, you know, experiences that made me question everything. And I think, yeah, it's just so incredible that we're in this place now where we have access to all of this information and can, and can share it more broadly. And I'm curious from your perspective too, about, you know, why this is happening right now. Like I, it feels to me that, you know, the beings who are connecting with us want us to know about our history so that we can forge a better path for our future. Is that what it feels like to you? Well, definitely. That's a huge part of it, especially as we, because time is like a figure eight, we're hitting certain points that we hit right in Atlantis towards, towards the final days. So a lot of things in our environment are triggering our deep memories and we don't know why. Why are we so triggered with this, you know, virus or, and stuff going on? Why is this triggering so many people? Why is this polarity triggering so many people? And it's because it is supposed to trigger you so you can move past it. So you can choose to do things differently. Mm-hmm. So you can choose unity and choose to work towards like a common goal instead of trying to be separate and everything like that. But there's so much happening right now. I mean, it, it is like very exciting, but it's also difficult with all the chaos and that can create fear. People don't like to change and people don't like uncertainty. Of course, it can be very scary that the end goal that the higher consciousness have been talking about is one of beauty that ultimately we're, as they said, we've had other timelines where we destroyed ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so great effort has been made that this will not be that timeline. So we're all playing out a timeline where we've already won. So basically we're lucky we're on that. Yay, we did it. (laughs) That's amazing. So we continuously have choices along the way. Like, can we fall off this timeline? You can easily, not easily, but you can fall off this timeline. You can choose anything for yourself, but the general consensus, the general um, hive mind, is moving towards this good timeline, yeah. So to speak, but That's you can make any. Ch- you can move. You can do anything you want. You don't even have to stay on the planet. <laughs> it's your game to play, isn't it? Yeah. Your game. Your game to play. Before exactly. before we wrap up, Sarah, since we're getting close to time, I, I want to touch just on your second book quickly, because in addition to the Lemuria and Atlantis information that you've uncovered, you also started to uncover a lot of information about ancient Egypt. And mm-hmm. again, a different version of our history than we've been told. And you found um, quite a bit of detail about the Sphinx and what mm-hmm. might be located in the Sphinx. So maybe you can just share with the audience some highlights of um, that research that you did in your sessions. Sure. As I, as I was really going deep into um, memories people had of the Sphinx, um, one of my clients in particular saw it being built. And she saw how it was built on a very special rock. So this rock where the Sphinx is built can magnetize and hold in energy and it can hold our history. So basically the Sphinx acts as like a time capsule and it's recording everything that's going on and broadcasting it out. It's like almost like a radio tower. You can connect with your uh, planet or where you most feel resonant or whatever resonance with. Um, through the Sphinx even, but there's many different Sphinx-like structures. This one is just very symbolic. 
because it's symbolic of the takeover of like the, the masculine and the greed when its face was changed from its original face right. of a feline to that of man. Right. But there's so much about the Sphinx. There's hidden light codes under the Sphinx. There's deep tunnels under the Sphinx. And basically it's meant to be something that we can look back to when we are ready to raise our consciousness to the level where we can fully understand our true history and who we really are. So how close are we to that? Like, do you have any sense of when that time? Well, it's available. I mean, it's basically available at any time, basically. But there's certain things that we're not ready for. Because as I was getting this information, my session was interrupted a couple times because they said I was getting too close to confidential information. And it wasn't yet time for humanity to understand that, that they will give it to me when it's time or they will give it to, you know, whoever's ready for it when it's time. But right now it will cause too much confusion and it has to do with the energy that comes from a different planet. Mm-hmm. interesting well as we we know on earth timing is everything right so is it everything. does matter um i did want to ask you sarah there's something because we are wrapping up but there's one last thing i'd really love to ask you and that is um you said that i read a few interviews that you've done and there's something that you said a few times i really really resonates with me. I love, I love it when things are very simple and yet, or seemingly simple, but they actually have endless bottomless depth, right? And the three of us here know that we're living in a dimension that is multi-dimensional, not one dimension. We know that we are all interconnected and connected at all times, but that's a difficult concept to grasp. You know, um, I feel like I'm still working on my own, my own expansion of understanding about that. So right. you said repeatedly in interviews that I feel kind of touches on that, re- you know, the true reality where, of how we're living is that you said by helping one people, one person, I can help all people. So can you explain right. that? Because I just love that so much. It has so much meaning. Really, when you help one person, you do help all people because we're all connected. And like you said, we're, all, we're multidimensional. We're in a sense, we're all one and we fractioned ourselves off in many different bodies, experiences to have these experiences. But when we come back to the in-between, we realize we're all one again. So anything you do that helps somebody is profound. You feel it like multiplied times a hundred when you get to the other side. So this thing, maybe opening the door for somebody that seems so little has such profound effects when you get to the other side and you get to witness your life and you get to see what you've done for other people. Really, it doesn't take much to have a huge impact on the world. You can just be kind. That's so true. And, you know, it makes me think of the wisdom of so many other masters. Like like Rumi said, that that one quote that I think most people know, we are the whole ocean in a drop. Yeah. And exactly. I just and so when I when I saw that quote that you said over and over again, it made me think of that concept that, you know, and also a download that I got. I've mentioned it on a couple of other interviews when I was about nine. It was that each one of us is a whole universe. A whole universe is in each individual. And I remember, you know, I'll never forget the moment that I got that download because it's a truth that we all know. And when we when, right. we, when we experience it, when we come back into contact with that truth again, 
I feel like our whole being just naturally says, yeah, that is the way it is, right? So thank you for everything that you're doing to spread this awareness in the world, because you really are in such a valuable place to do the work that you're doing. And it's, it's making its way out there with so much help and support that you have around you. It's really something. And so I'm just so grateful to have this conversation with you today and be here with Jenna and to be able to share this journey together because this conversation has been wonderful. I want more, to be honest. Me too, me too. I feel like we just scratched the surface. <laughs> I know. Not even, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, there's so much, so much to talk about. And gosh, like we've had our own experiences being guided, you know, by this higher intelligence. And it's just wild. Like you said, wild earlier. I say that all the time. <laughs> Life is just wild. All this is wild. <laughs> Well, it's, it's fun when you start listening to that voice, when you start yeah. listening to that little voice, it's yeah. just amazing what could happen in your life. But all you have to do is listen. Is. Yes. That's such That's a beautiful amazing. message to end on. Just listen, just tune in and slow down and listen. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, Jenna and I have talked about how important listening is. It's so much more. It's not just with your ears, right? right. Listen is happens on so much of a deeper level. You listen with your body, you listen with your energy, you listen with your eyes, right? And I'm a deaf woman. I have a 90% hearing loss and I'm wearing really? ear implants. So I'm a deaf woman. I can't hear without them. And Jenna has superior hearing. So it's That's a really funny There's no coincidences. No. But I mean, one way you can start listening with your body is just imagine you can feel your body breathing, not from your mouth, you know, try to imagine you're breathing in through your skin and then just getting a different sense of your body. And sometimes you can feel subtle energies, like maybe your foot will be cold or something and you're actually getting a download. It's really interesting how our bodies are like these antennas, you know, these living beings, these that we're supposed to connect with and fully be in our body and understand it. Yes. Yeah, not just just decorate it, right? Like that's something (laughs) Jenna and I talked a lot about in terms of the divine feminine, which we are very, very into and uh, love it that all three of us are female right now. I just want to say that. Um, You know, we've talked a lot about uh, what is being feminine? You know, what is that really about and how what we're taught is you've got to have boobs that are this size. You have to have a body that right. looks like this and your hair has to look like that. And you have to shampoo with this kind of shampoo and you have to have all the things decorating this body. But right. then in all that attention, we're not really giving it attention, right? We're exactly. Not really, yeah. Exactly. And these are all things that, that have been programmed into us. Right. So it's interesting yeah. to look at all the programs that you have and kind of like reverse engineer them what else have I been programmed with? You know, right. well, how do I truly feel? Yeah. It's, like, are those really my real beliefs or are those beliefs right. someone else gave me? And that's what maybe a good plug for those who are watching that hypnosis is not only helpful for past life regression, but it's also helpful for re- reprogramming, you know, and helping Definitely. us change those belief systems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hypnosis is simply just focused concentration. So basically you're just looking inwards and finding out everything you can about yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a great way to break it down. <laughs> yes, it is indeed. And Sarah, it's been such a joy talking with yes. you. Honestly, thank, thank you, you so much for your time and your presence with us today. Yeah. It's been a gift. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much.
It's yeah, mutual. Cool. Thank you so much. Your energy is just lovely. We're just yeah, so excited to have this conversation today. And thank you everyone for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave a comment or a question for Sarah. Hopefully we can answer them in, in future episodes. And um, we're just so grateful to be sharing this conversation with everyone out there. Thank you, Sarah. Check out thank you guys. on Gaia. Be sure to check out Sarah's show on Gaia. It is wonderful. And she's got two books. We're going to include all the necessary links in the show notes that you can find her again when you need to. And Sarah, thank you so much. Audience, we will see you next time. See you next time. <clears throat> Bye for now.